Welcome to the Happy Whole You Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me today. This episode is going to be pretty personal. I'm just going to jump right in. So ever since I was little, I never felt like I was good enough. And officially, I was would have been diagnosed with depression in high school had I went to doctors. But I definitely would label myself someone who was depressed. And really, there was no apparent reason that I could think of. I was, you know, did sports in high school. Um, I got good grades. I had a loving family. Just for some reason, I felt ever since I was little, like I always had to prove myself that I was never good enough, that people didn't like me. You know, I'd want to make these close relationships and, you know, I'd walk away from an interaction thinking, you know, are they thinking something bad about me when it was a total fine meeting or play date or whatnot. So I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I struggled with this for a very, very long time. And I still have elements and pieces that come up in my adult life when I'm interacting with people and feel like I'm not good enough or that someone doesn't like me. And it's just, it's so silly because it's like the story I play in my head or I make up in my head. And I was doing some research regarding nutritional deficiencies and mental health and and really nutritional deficiencies in children and mental health with children. And I came across this very interesting article in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. And the headline is Models Linking Nutritional Deficiencies to Maternal and Child Mental Health. And what's interesting is as I've gotten older and really have worked on myself, my own challenges, my internal bully, the inner bully that I talk about in my book is going back and actually things that came up were talking to my mom about the first couple of years of my life. Um, you probably don't remember the first couple of years of your life as I don't remember mine. But what's interesting is I was the fourth of five children and I had some work being done with an energy lady and doing some biofeedback and the ages of zero to two kept coming up. Also, the physical marker of ages zero to two come up on my body, on my face, which I can I can see. Actually, those markers are on your ears. Um, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I was very intrigued about this zero to two years old. Like, what happened to me at zero to two? Why is this a significant? Why were these significant years? And I went back to my mom. And I asked her and she kind of blew it off. And I, it took me multiple times to to talk to her. And I remember we were in the car and we were, I, I just said, mom, what was going on from when I was born until about two years old? And she just broke down and started crying. And she just said that she was struggling 
She was depressed. I was actually a baby that was a really good baby. And um, my mom would take me to the doctor and they said that I needed to start gaining weight um, or they would have to like turn her in because I was, you know, babies shouldn't be losing weight, but I was a very content baby, but I wasn't getting the nutrition and the attention that I needed. And, you know, my mom, I was a fourth of five kids. She had her first child at 17 and then second child a couple years after that and then another couple years after that another child and so needless to say within 10 years my mom had five children and she was breastfeeding all of us and by the time it got to me after reading this article I'm thinking man you know the nutritional deficiency in my mom from you know the 6 years prior of you know breastfeeding, having children, you know, I don't think my mom took vitamins. (laughs) And I mean, she would tell me that she would be so hungry. She'd be breastfeeding and pregnant at the same time. And she'd be so hungry. She'd literally go to the fridge and get a block of cheese and just start eating it. This is, these are some things she would describe as her, when, you know, her years of being pregnant. So that first two years, it was, my mom struggled with depression herself. And then, you know, Two years after that, my brother was born. So there's this period of my life where, you know, I used to think that my feelings of being inadequate really came from just being bullied or not being a very good reader in school and challenges I had, you know, just with reading and not feeling good enough like I'm the other kids in school. I couldn't sit still. I always wanted to be going, going, going. And as a grown up looking at, all of this information and looking at this data, I'm coming to the conclusion that ultimately, you know, I was the child that had a mom who was depressed, who was not fully nourished, nor was I being fully nourished. And that really impacted my brain development, my physical development, and really cemented in or I inherited these emotional blockages that are in in my body. So I'm just going to read you some highlights or go over some highlights from this article and some other articles that I found very interesting. So according to the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, children of depressed mothers are at a higher risk of behavior problems throughout childhood, including symptoms of depression. And so this is where I'm like, Wow, that's very interesting because why in the world would someone like me be depressed? And I say someone like me because, again, you know, you can go and check all the boxes. I have two parents, they're married, I have a roof over my head, you know, eating three square meals a day, I play sports, you know, I get decent grades, all the things. And then also it continued to share in this article that there's an increased risk of depression for children of depressed mothers, which also may reflect impairment in the mother's and child's interaction patterns. And when that occurred, you know, those patterns of inadequate, what they were describing as inadequate connections is when, you know, a mom's depressed and isn't, you know, spending as much time with that, that baby. Um, it's harder. It showed in this research that there's also a challenge with breastfeeding. So that makes me think, huh, was, you know, I was losing weight as a baby, a newborn baby, and my mom was breastfeeding me, but I wasn't getting enough breast milk. I wasn't being fed and nourished as as I should. And being a mom myself, 
And with my first son, and you guys have heard this in previous podcasts, if you haven't, you can go back and listen, but I suffered postpartum depression really bad. And I had worked through my depression issues. And when I got pregnant, I felt great during my pregnancy. I didn't even think that I would have postpartum, nor did anyone talk about postpartum. And here I was, somebody with a history of depression, and I was never prepped or prepared for the feelings and what can happen when you have postpartum depression. And that is the most horrific thing. And I mean, any mother that experiences that, my heart goes out to you because it's something undescribable. And when you hear about mothers that have postpartum depression and they do what is crazy, right? Like it's it's crazy that they do these things to themselves or their children. It's because their brain is not functioning right, you guys. And it feels so real when you're in that moment and you're feeling those feelings. You know, here I am. I've had this history of depression. I had postpartum depression after having my my own children backing up and learning about what was going on the first two years of my life, learning about my mom's pregnancy, learning about the challenges she had with depression and what she had, you know, with with not having enough nutrition in her own body. It starts to kind of make sense. It helps me kind of process like, you know, we always blame ourselves, right? Like, why am I like this? Why am I not good enough? Why blah, blah, blah. And we sit here and blame ourselves. And the truth of the matter is, is there's nobody to blame. I think we need to just keep working forward and moving forward. And I think that the universe and God really allows us to have these struggles to move forward and to evolve our soul, if you will. And I do believe this before we come to earth, I do believe that we have like this soul contract, like Almost I agreed with my mom, who's my mom now. I agreed with, you know, what was going, my life was going to entail, the struggles that I've had, you know, the qualities that I have, you know, all the characteristics about myself. I truly believe that I agreed to this before I even even came here. And so it's it's my job. It's our job as, you know, a human on planet Earth, I believe, to evolve our soul, to get better, to become more, to share our stories, to help other people. I mean, if I had somebody that had come to me and talked to me about postpartum depression before I had a child or it was out there and, you know, even if my doctor would just be like, hey, you know, this, these are some things could happen. I feel like that would have been so beneficial for me. But since it didn't, I feel like, you know, I need to use my platform and what I do to bring awareness to this and let other women know that this could happen. And this can happen if you don't even have a history of depression or any challenges. And part of that goes back to nutritional deficiencies. So, you know, when when we're pregnant, being sure that we are getting a full profile of amino acids, having, you know, DHA in our diet, you know, supplementing with it, really getting the nutrition that we need and that our our children need, um, the baby that is developing within us. And so I don't know, I just, I wanted to just be candid and jump on here and start to talk about this and kind of bring together just some research that I was reading. And then with my own life, 
and just kind of share this with you guys. So, okay, so let me get back to the research and some other findings they they had on there. They also, let's see, so a number of studies also had shown that there's an increase in risk of breastfeeding problems and shorter duration of breastfeeding. And then that's tied to slower physical growth in infants with depressed mothers. That sentence literally is what was going on with me. There's an increased risk of breastfeeding problems or shorter duration of breastfeeding. That's what would happen. My mom said I would start breastfeeding and then I was so content. And then it's like, okay, now there's the, you know, three other kids to deal with. And she would go and, and deal with them. And so also early nutritional deficiencies have been linked to children being insecure and having difficult temperament problems in infancy and childhood. Those of you that know me, I also had a temper problem when I was a kid. I would essentially go a little bit psycho. And it was really great when I found sports. Sports literally saved my life. This insecurity, which I have and I have worked on. And it like when I like really sit and think about everything in my life, I'm just like, girlfriend, like, be grateful. You are so blessed. There is no reason to be insecure. But there's that little inkling within me that I have to remind myself like, this isn't you. This is just something that is stored within you. And then with the temper, challenges that I had as a kid, those were really, really remedied through sports. So thank God for sports. I could definitely, you know, playing basketball, volleyball, it was a great way to let some of my rage out. But I just find it so fascinating. Like this study, it was like totally describing me. It's really interesting. And I know if if I can relate to this, then other people can definitely relate to this. Also published in the U.S. National Library of Medicine and according to the National Institutes of Health, few people are aware of the connection between nutrition, nutritional deficiencies and depression, um, whereas you know we're more aware of nutritional deficiencies and physical development, right? Like we don't think about how nutritional deficiencies really impact brain health and can stem and influence depression, anxiety, insomnia, ADHD. And, you know, this study that I was reading about from the nutritional or from the National Institute of Health, they were talking about different vitamins, B vitamins and minerals. Um, And there were clinical trials that indicated that B12 delays the onset of signs of dementia. So if you get enough B12, that is linked to enhancing um, cerebral and cognitive function in the elderly. Um, And then, you know, kids that have a deficiency in B12, there's been links to behavior challenges and cognitive decline with children. So getting enough B12 is super important to, you know, essentially really help ward off dementia and to help with cognitive function. And then also, if you look at folate levels with these participants that they were evaluating, so I found this interesting, when they had a a deficiency in folate, it also showed that their antidepressants weren't working as effectively. 
when they increased the folate, the antidepressants started working more sufficiently. So this study was looking at folate and how it impacts antidepressant effectiveness. So like part of me is just wondering though, is folate, if they did a study with just folate, right? People with depression taking folate and not taking folate, if they were taking folate would that decrease their signs of depression or their symptoms of depression? And then doing another study, which is essentially well, what they did is they took participants on antidepressants and they gave them folate and it showed that that helped decrease the signs and symptoms of depression. And then they had just the group taking the antidepressants. They weren't, had, didn't have as much improvements when they weren't taking the folate. So I just wonder like, okay, is it folate, dep- antidepressants or not, you know, taking the folate. And then in this article also, there was research that was just really linking how mineral deficiencies, and they talked about calcium, chromium, iodine, iron, lithium, selenium, and like zinc, how those have been linked to mental health challenges. And so like there were at least five studies that showed that zinc levels are lower in people with clinical depression. So again, why is that doing is zinc, you know, a decrease in zinc cannot increase your chances of experiencing depression. And then they also stated that there have also been studies that indicate low selenium intake um, is associated with lower mood status. And they did intervention studies with selenium and it had improved participants' moods and diminished signs of anxiety as well. And then also um, what was interesting when they talked about the research they did with iron, um, and iron is really important. It's necessary for oxygenation and the you know to produce energy in the brain, and it helps with the synthesis of neurotransmitters in myelin. So when you have iron deficiency, a lot of bad things can happen. You can feel tired. You just feel like blah. And what was interesting is in this study, they also found that iron deficiencies found in children also showed an increase of ADHD, attention deficit disorder. And then there's also an insert that I read in the Indian Journal of Psychiatry and the research findings pointed out that twice as many women as men are clinically depressed and the gender di- the difference starts in adolescence and becomes more pronounced among married women aged 25 to 45 with children. And it's stated in there that women of childbearing age experience more depression than during any times in their lives. So this really, I think, points to and what they were connecting also in here is they tied in iron and you know, how iron plays this important role and the possible importance of iron um, and how it impacts how the body's functioning. And it linked it also to the depression among, you know, women of childbearing years. And this deficiency, you know, of iron can cause fatigue and depression on its own. Um, But then play in there that, you know, someone's giving birth and someone um, in their childbearing years, they're having their period. So you, you're losing iron. And, you know, women struggle with anemia. And anemia is also, which is low iron, is also um, linked to depression and fatigue. 
and all of those things. So you kind of layer that on top of having children, the stress of, you know, being a mom and the other nutritional deficiencies that come along with giving birth, breastfeeding. Um, I mean, your body is on overdrive and is giving life to another human. So, you know, it just is a reminder, you know, reading this, it's just a reminder of how important it is for us to build our foundations of health from a nutritional standpoint, how important it is to be aware of these challenges that people can experience with having children, with being pregnant, because I think it just needs to be talked about more because, you know, when I got pregnant and started telling people I was pregnant, everything was all, oh, congratulations, congratulations. And this is so exciting. And you know, you get all the, you have the baby shower, you you get all the things that you need. And then it's like, okay, you have your nursery all prepped. You have all the clothes ready, all the diapers ready. And then this baby comes and then it's like, you're not really prepared for what comes next for when your breast milk comes in and, you know, you're breastfeeding and you're not sleeping well and you're up every two to three hours. And it's just super exhausting. And um, I just don't think that women are preparing women for the reality of how challenging it is to have a child and to get through that first year. I mean, geez, the first, I know, six to 10 weeks is really challenging. And then layer on top of that, I mean, for myself, I had to go back to work six weeks later. And I know with my son, I ended up taking off 10 weeks. And then with my daughter, I ended up going back right at six weeks with with her. And I think it was for me, it was good for me to go back and, and get out of the house and have something to go and do. But then again, you know, I felt that I had to do that because obviously finances and insurance and all the things, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. That's just what I went through. And, but I think too, for some women, maybe that don't go back to work or they decide while they're pregnant, they're not going to go back to work. And then they find themselves, you know, two, three months after having their baby and they're like, I don't know if I can do this every day. Like, this is hard. Right. And they feel like, guilty because they chose this, right? And then they feel guilty if they work. They feel guilty if they don't work. You know, it's a whole whole thing that I think women go through. And ultimately, as as women and men out there, I think it's just important that we support women when they're pregnant and after they have the babies and, you know, support them throughout without judgment. And they're going to and allow them to do and be how they feel it's best for them and their child, um, but be there ultimately to support them, to watch the child, let them get sleep, you know, support them nutritionally and just really be there to to help them through that journey. So I think I'm rambling now, but uh, I just wanted to talk about this and um, I hope I was able to kind of get across some good information here to help you or someone you know, because, you know, just from my own personal experience, you know, this research really spoke to me and how my life has unfolded and different feelings and challenges that I've had in my life and 
really they stem from being in the womb and, you know, coming into this world. And so, you know, sometimes the things that we are having challenges with right now can stem back many, many years and it can be very freeing and therapeutic to go back and kind of reflect on those moments and, you know, try to make sense of them. Um, And, you know, I feel fortunate enough that, you know, I have a mom that I love that um, did her best to support me and all my siblings and continues to this day to do the same. But there's also, you know, I know there's women out there and friends that I've had that don't feel that they have that support from their mom or that that mom chose something else over them. And just to remind everybody out there that, you know, everybody I truly believe is doing the best they can with the brain that they have. And the beautiful thing about the brain is if you support it and take care of it, you can start to mold yourself a different brain and you can start to shift that brain chemistry and what's going on. But it takes education, it takes awareness, and it takes support and resources to do that. So thanks for joining me today, you guys. I hope you got something valuable out of this session. And yeah, share with someone that you feel would benefit from listening to this. Thank you so much. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.